0: Welcome in fans to the 12th episode of the Utah Lacrosse Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Haslam, the current sports information director for the Utah men's lacrosse team. Last weekend, the team won its first RMLC championship with a 14 to 4 win over Colorado State on Friday and a 17 to 10 win over Colorado on Saturday. The youths were selected as the number two seed heading into the MCLA national championship next week. The youths will face number 15 Texas A&M on Monday, May 7th at 4.30 PM mountain time at the Salt Lake regional athletic complex. Our guest today is our face-off coach and director of operations, Tim McDermott. McDermott was born and raised in Cortland, New York, and attended Homer High School, home of the Trojans. McDermott played for Geneseo for three seasons, where he was a two-time All-American and led the NCAA in face-off win percentage in the 2006 season. After graduating with a business administration degree, McDermott transferred to Loyola, where he played in 12 games, winning 109 face-offs for a 58% record, all while earning an NBA. McDermott also spent two years as a volunteer assistant at the University of Virginia under Dom Starja, helping the face-off specialists and goalies. McDermott came to Utah in the winter of 2017 and is a consultant at The Right Profile, which helps MOB, NFL, and NCAA coaches build championship teams by measuring and training what's in their players' heads and hearts. Some of their clients include the New England Patriots, Kansas City Royals, and more. Hope you enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to the show, Coach. How are you? Doing great, Tim. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming in. A nice snowy day in Salt Lake City.
1: Absolutely, A little snow, a little sun. I feel that's what we kind of expect to see here.
0: Yeah, that's what they. That's what happens. You know, we set record highs uh, on Saturday, and then it's snowing two days later. So.
1: Right, it's wild, but loving it.
0: Yeah, that's the way it goes. Let's uh, let's dive right in. Uh, you know, with uh, this podcast, we always talk about the current the current uh, Utah lacrosse team first. Uh, what, what are your thoughts about winning the RMLC Championship last week?
1: W- what a great experience, you know, for the coaches, for the guys. They've worked hard. And, you know, we say it all the time. There's no big game. We're just winning one at a time. And it, w- it was the next one for us. And, but it's something we've been working for. We've been working towards it and practicing. And for the guys, it's just tremendous. The local guys, seeing them celebrate down there. I mean, it was amazing.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, pretty complete games out of the youths from both of those both of those games, you know. Um, didn't trail in either game. Obviously Colorado State gave us all we could handle in the regular mm-hmm, season, but right. then coming out and, and beating them fourteen to four in the semifinals and then you know, we played tough against Colorado at, at, in Colorado as well, beating them by five, but then uh, you know, jumping out to an eight two lead, you know, credit that helps, them right? yeah, that helps. Credit them though. They came back, it was eight five at one point. Oh yeah. They're and bad. then yeah, eventually uh, led to the seventeen to ten win. Uh, that that kind of propelled. Th- or <coughs> excuse me, I guess the the MCLA uh, selection committee met last night, uh, determined we were the number two seed and that we'd face uh, the fifteen seed, which was Texas A&M, okay. who is the LSA champion. Uh, have you looked at Texas A&M at all? In a little any, bit. In I mean, my buddy
1: uh, coaches at LSU okay. and uh, he's got a scout for us, so he'll get us started. But we'll dive in. We'll watch a lot of film. Our guys will definitely be prepared.
0: Uh, if, it's, if they're anything like the the two Texas teams we played earlier in the season, uh, you know, we, we uh, faced Texas and SMU, Jeez, um, when was that,
1: March? Back in March, yeah. <laughs>
0: Mid-March, and uh, so definitely uh, excited to play them. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, the one thing to note, not that we want to get ahead of ourselves, but uh, potentially a, a, another matchup against BYU uh, in, yep. the, in the quarterfinals or uh, Grand Canyon, who was last year's defending champ so definitely a tough test Uh, should we get past the Aggies and looking looking forward to it
1: oh yeah yeah and you know for us no big games right so we're approaching everyone like it's our last we're going to put our best product out there and we're excited for the Aggies they're going to be a hard team there's no you know easy pushovers you know once we get to the playoffs so we're psyched and whoever we play after that we'll deal with that when we get there
0: Absolutely, uh, let's talk about the you know your, your line of specialties the face-off. Yeah um, Tell us about you know our three main face-off guys are Michael Abizade mm-hmm. Colin Lee and Jacob Chang What what uh, what do you like about each of them? What does each one of them bring to the table?
1: Yeah, we got a uh, three-headed monsters <laughs> and uh, They all love facing off. I mean you've been a practice. They are technicians, right? They love getting down going over all the little nuances that go into facing off and they like to compete so Having those three guys and kind of three different looks, you know, with Michael, uh, he's got a really quick clamp. Uh, he comes from a storied program at Landon, so he's played against some top competition and big games, something that that he's used to. Um, so, yeah, Michael's been great. Uh, he's been great for the other guys with technique, just talking, competing against each other. Tremendous. Uh, Colin Lee uh, has another really quick clamp. Uh, he's great awesome attitude. I mean, he's always working. He's getting stronger. We're working on his feet every day. Uh, He gets that part of his game down. I mean, he's going to be a force to reckon with. Jacob Chang, love Chang'er. Uh, Also working hard. I mean, he has gotten better from day one. He's here every day, just working on his craft. And it's awesome to see his success in some of these later games. He's really, really, we've leaned on him real hard and he's definitely stepped up for us.
0: Yeah, definitely. Abizade uh, spent a a little bit of time on the sidelines with, with, uh, what was it, pneumonia? Is that what it was? Pneumonia. He's got a
1: hurt (laughs) ankle. I mean, he's battling through some injuries and sickness, but giving us his all.
0: Yeah, definitely needed uh, Colin Lee and and, uh, Chang to step up there. You know, from from my point of view, which isn't a technical one, uh, I I feel Michael, like you said, has that quick clamp, um, you know. (sighs) but then Colin Lee kind of brings in a, a I think he's a little bit bigger than Michael. He's bigger. Oh yeah. Um and then you have Chang who's much smaller, mm-hmm. but I think that plays into the other guys' head a little bit, you know, cuz they figure that they're just going to walk away with it when they're going up against Chang, but that isn't necessarily the case cuz he's a fighter. Heck no. no he's a little mad <laughs> there. Yeah, you
1: can't shake him. I mean, yeah. he is gets down, gets good position, uh really tough opponent especially, you know, if they start out going against Colin or Mike. It's a diff- different look, and it's it's really helped us.
0: For sure. Then, uh, you know, kind of, if, if for whatever reason, if those three didn't get the job done, which we haven't necessarily seen this season, you've got uh, Seth Nealeman who took a lot of faces for the Utes last year. And then even, uh, I think Ian Nelson has taken one or two this year yeah, as
1: well. Yeah, Ian's always hanging around, uh, trying to get in the face-off mix. And, <laughs> you know, I, he actually, when uh, Michael first came in, I go, all right, Ian, if you uh, – if you beat Michael once, I'll give you a shot. And uh, that first face-off, he, he beat Michael, and uh, I didn't plan for it, but uh, I honored uh, my commitment, and he got his face-off in against UVU. But uh, it's good to have him there. I mean, he is an athlete, and he's very competitive, wants to win, so gives us that look. Uh, Seth is just – I mean, he's a competitor. No face-off guy you know, wants to look up and see number five coming in, especially if we have seven on the wing – I mean that double pull situation really, really uh, helps us out, and it really sets the tone um, for what we're all about. This hard, gritty, blue-collar team. That we're fighting for every ground ball, and we're going to chase you down, and we're going to impose our will on you. So set does that.
0: Yeah, you talked about a little bit about uh, you know having the double pull up there. What is what is sort of uh, your go-to strategy, or or what is your ideal you know look on a on a face-off, including the wing guys?
1: Yeah. So ideally. I'm all about the double pull. Uh This day and age, these pulls can handle. Uh, when I was at Virginia, you have some really good players there who can handle the ball, and they're winning ground ball battles. So as a face-off guy, I always thought about that. If I see a pull, you know, I'm running the other direction. And uh, if we have two of them who can handle the ball as well, play offense, and get us into some defensive sets that we're trying to get into, it really just b- bolts well for us. Sure.
0: Um, and anything else you want to talk about with the, with the face-off guys or the face-off strategy? Anything along those lines?
1: Strategy. So what are you seeing out there when you're watching faceoffs?
0: offs uh, You know, it's interesting to me. Um, I, I've talked to, you know, I, I, I'm kind of in this role where I interface with the public, I mm-hmm. think, a little bit more than others uh, on the team, on yeah. the staff. And um, there were a couple fans who were, were texting and tweeting in, into the official Twitter handler at Utah Lacrosse, mm-hmm. if you want to go follow. Um, you probably already do, but of for the people listening. Um, and just wondering what, you know, kind of how I saw things shaken down. And, and for me, uh, at least, you know, and this, this is going to sound really obvious, but it's all about winning the face-offs, you know. With our current That's defense boring. and our current offense, you know, obviously our defense is phenomenal. Um, but if we can get the ball in the hands of the offense right off the bat, score three, four uh, quick goals, then to me it's, game over <laughs> right and I think Usually. we saw that <laughs> sometimes we saw that. yeah, yeah. But, but I mean that was sort of the case with Colorado uh, we've seen that in, in a few games but um, for me it's it's uh, it's just what you're talking about you know we're winning those clamps and then you know it's a sometimes we're we're not getting the ball cleanly or whatever and so um, then it comes down to those 50-50 ground mm-hmm. balls and like you said having Belcher back and then having guys like Cam Redman and, and Jake Nutter on the wings I think are key to, to get in those ground balls because those guys are fighters almost the same size. They're almost the same player. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, little
1: cannonballs you <laughs> yeah, throw in there. Yeah, absolutely. they're going to shake things up. For yeah, sure. Well, what you notice, it, you're seeing the same things You know, we're seeing. And facing off, for me, one of the most important parts is it's an opportunity before every goal, the start of every game, to show what our team's all about, what's our culture. So with our guys, part of the strategy is – you know, getting up, getting your wings going, getting your tackling going. You know, hey, Josh Stout, coming to you, fast break your way. And getting everyone amped up, okay, short memory, we're in the moment. And coach preaches that again and again, stay in the moment. So this face-off really helps us keep that front in mind. And after, you know, the guys are amped up, the whistle blows, it's about communication. So I try to put these wings in positions where they're going to have the best sh- shot and making sure. a play. So it's a little bit like poker there. Okay, here's where I think the ball's gonna come out. Uh, it certainly helps if we're winning clamps. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of nuances mm-hmm. in the strategy sure. of winning clamps, but we've been doing a really good job with that. I think winning 80, 90% of our clamps this year, putting the ball where we wanna put it, and having wings that are hungry and wanna pick it up, uh, crucial. Crucial to us winning games. And like you said, yes as a fan you kind of see who's winning face-offs wins games well you put a tremendous amount of pressure on your defense making stops if you're not winning face-offs so it certainly helps and uh yeah that's kind of the strategy that I go about the wing play and uh we could talk you know hours (laughs) about the nuances (laughs) of of facing off but I think I need to get you down there, <laughs> you know, facing off to really sure. understand what's what's happening.
0: Sure. I'll I'll be honest, I've never taken a face off and I really don't have a desire to. Yeah. <laughs> <No> <laughs> one offense. of these days I'll get you okay. eight, none okay. taken. Okay. <laughs> none
1: t- I, I never wanted to be a face off guy. You know, my uh I want to play offense, I wanted to play yeah. defense, and uh that's one of the reasons I went D three. I'm like, yes, you know, offense, defense, yeah. facing off, but this this term FOGO does not sit well with me. Yeah. It never has um, I don't want to get off, you know, sure. Sure. you, you want to stay on the field. And, and those are the guys we're trying to recruit is guys who see themselves as I'm a midfielder who can spark my team, be that energy, you know, bring everyone else up around me. And, uh, yeah, if I can stay in play defense, play some offense, it's a huge advantage. Yeah. Uh,
0: in, you know, even along those lines, um, what, what are, I mean, what do you tell, what, what advice would you give to it? You know, a, uh, seventh or eighth grader who says, oh, man, I really want to be a face-off guy. You know, what would, what would you tell him? Would you tell him that, you know, maybe play defense first, you, learn how to play uh, offense first, and then maybe focus on that? Or I would said, you kind of fall in love way? with the
1: game of lacrosse, yeah. right? That's what's going to sustain you through your high school and college years. You want to be a competitor, right? So play a lot of different sports. Do not be a face-off technician first, right? That, that comes secondary. Learn to compete. Every sport you play, that's an opportunity to get better um board games with the family I mean you got to compete you got to want to win and it's that that pressure you kind of put on yourself that this is more than just a face-off I need to do this for my team my parents came to watch me play you got to love that being in the spotlight and having that short memory that okay facing off it means the world to me it's over now on to the next one is that advice yeah okay yeah that's perfect Good. Um,
0: talk about, uh, you know, kind of switching gears out, out of the yeah. face-offs. You, you have a double role, so, so you know, you're f- obviously the face-off coach. You're working with our face-off guys, but you're also the director of ops or operations. What, what uh, how, I guess, uh, explain to, to the listeners out there, what, what are some of your responsibilities, you know, day-to-day, week-to-week, game-day op- responsibilities, and then how do you manage kind of having both roles because they're, they're pretty different?
1: Definitely. Right, so as we move forward to D one, I'm gonna be moving more and more into the director of ops role. And I see my job is just doing every little thing I can do so Marcus, Adam, Will and Coach can focus on coaching. So you know, that's you know, getting the food before the games, that's making sure water bottles are filled, hopefully we got some managers who can help with that, (laughs) you know, getting the film ready. Just something so they don't have to worry about anything, any of these little details to help them do their job.
0: And so then, you know, uh, this year specifically, you know, I know that it's been trying to kind of challenging for you because you're at the field on game day and thinking about those things, Uh those little things, but then at the same time you're getting the face off, face off guys ready. So (laughs) how do do you kind of balance that? How do you manage that?
1: Yeah. So, you know, on game days, it is tough sometimes. And, you know, I'm there early. I try to get there extremely early to make sure everything's going smoothly. And, uh, yeah, my favorite part of the day is once, okay, everything's good. I see my face-off guys, waddle off to the side, and yeah. let's go. So it, it is a struggle. There's definitely two, two uh, sides to the sword with this job, but uh, it's been a blast, and just being around great people in this team has been awesome. Sure. What's, uh, what's
0: something that's kind of taken you by surprise or maybe that you were thinking, like, oh, I didn't know this or this or this, you know?
1: like responsibilities or sure. stuff going behind the scenes yeah, both. uh one is how m- much awesome things you're doing for the program <laughs> behind the oh, scenes no. there you go <laughs> thank you i need okay. a, so, an opportunity to jump yeah, in you're welcome uh, the world's got to know i mean what <laughs> you're doing behind the scenes has been tremendous right so if you weren't in this role you know tweeting you know dealing with parents um just really just kind of putting our best foot forward for marketing it's been tremendous it's an important part of this program so thank you thank you yeah i'll keep going is that the surprise (laughs) uh (laughs) no 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 but uh yeah surprise i I, I just how much stuff goes on behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and this year it's a little bit different of a job as it will be moving forward because it's you know managing a whole business you know it's coach's vision he's in charge but there's a lot of things that happen with the accounting uh figuring out where the money's coming from sure. um ranking right. people all, all right. these things that are happening behind the scenes um i knew it would happen i didn't know it would be this <laughs> encompassing but yeah. uh, it's and, been great and
0: it sort of falls on on your shoulders and then if it doesn't fall on yours it sort of falls on mine but um you know uh the university has people in place yes to manage all of that right so yeah so. next
1: year we can focus more on just being coach's right hand man, making mm-hmm. sure everything that he needs, you and I will take care of that without having to focus on all these other sure. important things that go on behind the scenes. I, yeah, I will for the listeners say that uh, you know I've I've obviously sat side by
0: side Tim on some of these road trips and uh, he he does a phenomenal job at making sure we have enough people at the, uh, the restaurant or, you know, and, and making sure our reservation's there and <laughs> making sure the hotel's there and making sure the Doubletree has those warm cookies for us and all that. So. They're good at that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're
1: just calling ahead. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's the job, just <laughs> making sure everyone's on point. <laughs> uh,
0: anything else you want to talk about with uh, sort of this current team or this or the current situation?
1: I mean, just I can't praise this team enough. I mean, they work their butts off. Yeah. And I've been a lot around a lot of programs and yeah, everyone works hard, right? I'm not trying to say that we just work harder than everyone else, but how we do it and how they're having fun there. Right? When after when they're ready to run sprints and coach got some on the line, I'm there screaming like, Blow the whistle, blow the whistle. Yeah, that. Sure. That was a surprise. Yeah. I've never seen kids yeah. asking their coach to blow the whistle. <laughs> so, you know, kudos to them how hard they work in the weight room, uh, the energy that they all bring just so they can lean on each other as teammates. And, you know, that starts at the top of coach, and assistants are right there. I mean, just amazing people, great motivators who just really care about the kids. And, uh, yeah, our guys give the love right back. So it's just an awesome community.
0: I love it. Um, I couldn't agree more. You know, that's why I love going to practice is is that – Work ethics is just contagious, you know. Exactly right. Like <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm just jacked up on the sidelines, <laughs> like just watching our guys make a big play or yeah. just see how passionate our guys and our coaches are out there. It's it's freaking magic. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh,
0: moving on to sort of the the general lacrosse part of the podcast. Tell us uh, tell us your origin story. You know, we mentioned you're from Cortland, New Upstate. York. When, when did you start playing lacrosse? When did you fall in love with it? You know, because not everyone falls in love with it right off the bat, you know. Right. That's about sort of your origin story. Yeah.
1: Um, so I grew up uh, upstate New York, uh, Cortland. So we're a uh, little bit south of Syracuse. So a lot of good lacrosse right there in the area. And, yeah, playing as long as I can remember. Um, Kalail Field in Homer, New York. Yeah, we'd be out there, and it was great. The older guys would always come back. Uh, Kids who were at Syracuse would be out coaching, and eventually we'd be playing against them. And, uh, yeah, just the love of the game that they brought back to our community was awesome. So, home or upstate was great. I still, you know, take pride in being an upstate guy, being gritty, kind of. What upstate's known for, uh, I I take pride in in, uh, carrying on that flying the flag. But, uh, yeah, went to school at Geneseo State uh, right Close to, between Rochester and Buffalo, New York. Okay. And I chose it there because I didn't want to be a Fogo. I mean, that wasn't even a thing then. So I wanted to go a place where I could play offense, play defense, and, yeah, I could face off and spark my team. But wanted to be on the field and wanted to compete. Uh, As time moved on at Geneseo, I kind of fell in that role. They wanted to keep me fresh. So I was still a middy, but my offensive runs – Hopefully because it was getting me tired, but, you know, I've never been that good of a shooter. You know, coaches, uh, sure. they uh, joke with me about that. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to help the team, and I could do the best at d midi and uh, facing off. And as I went to go graduate, it was going to my senior year, I just had all my credits, had transferred from high school. So I was ready to graduate so I could stay at Geneseo another semester and take dance or something. Uh, or... See see what else my lacrosse could take me. So I uh, ended up, Coach Toomey uh gave me an opportunity to uh come to Loyola. Awesome program. And uh yeah, I jumped all over it. Uh, which was just a great experience in my life. Um seeing a whole different program, Coach Toomey, ton of passion. You yeah, know, he kinda reminds me of Coach Holman sure. in that respect. And it was awesome. Met, you know, forty new best friends and yeah. uh got to compete, got to play against those top, top schools, you know, playing against, you know, Duke and, uh, Hopkins and yeah, it it was awesome. And, and definitely, uh, fun to see how, okay. Yeah. D three guys can still play at this level. Sure. Everyone's a little bit faster and stronger. Um, that eventually caught up with me, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, so did that. Um, I had actually got a chance to play for the Chicago machine, uh, briefly a few years after I graduated, um, Played for the Chicago, Chicago machine before the Ohio machine. Okay. Yeah, so I was backing up. Anthony Kelly got to play in one game uh, where I did okay with the clamp. Yeah. But uh, there was Brody Merrill just uh, sitting okay. there on the wing. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this might, be, this might be it for me. He's a yeah. little bit more athletic. True. So <laughs> it was a fun ride. And uh, definitely, definitely had connected to me a lot of good people. Sure. Um, you know, from uh, Loyola. I went down. I worked in Richmond, Virginia. My brother was at uh, University mm-hmm. of Virginia. So thought, cool place to work. I could go. He, he was yeah. playing there. He was playing. So and he, he uh, played he with Coach a, Gittleman.
0: And he was a face-off guy.
1: Face-off guy. Yep. Yep. Same kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I went to Virginia and found out that uh, mm, better at facing off than playing <laughs> offensive <laughs> defense. So, you know, finding the role and just sure. so important to do what you can to help your team win. But uh, yeah, so was living in Richmond, uh, kept watching my brother's game, developed a relationship with Coach Starja. So after my brother graduated, uh, a role opened up as a volunteer assistant and uh, just reached out. I just missed being part of a team sure. and really just wanted to be around good people. Uh, kind of what got me going here at Utah was Coach Starja, Coach Van Arsdale, Coach Walker were just amazing people. So just, you know, on wanted to hitch my wagon to that train and just be around them and sure. just that enthusiasm. And, yeah. uh, it, it was a blast and I learned a ton. And, uh, uh,
0: so you, so is that when you met, that's when you met Adam Gittleman. Coach yeah.
1: Holman. So I met Adam Gittleman yeah. when, so he was playing with my brother. So I drive over to Virginia you know, every weekend cause Charlesville's sure. a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So met him there, uh, started developing that relationship, met coach Holman, Worked at UNC camp and just, you know, he was just a great guy. who just had a great conversation talking about lacrosse. I don't even know if he remembers this, but uh, (laughs) he he was just, you know, just down to earth and fun to talk to. Um, And then started working for the right profile, uh, athlete types, which, you know, I always loved lacrosse, but I really loved developing the players. So that allowed me to do that, allowed me to, uh, you know, continue to stay, in the sports, uh, sports world. World, yes. <laughs> you're so good with words. <laughs> this thing's called words. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I started doing that, and uh, actually I met a girl. Uh, moved to Park City, Utah. I could do that from anywhere. And uh, ski season came, and I'm like, all right, I'm all in. I'm coming to Utah. And I uh, didn't really even know what was going on in the lacrosse world here yeah. uh, at that point. Um, Just called up Adam. My brother's like, Adam's in Utah. I'm like, oh, awesome. So got together with him and Will uh, to go skiing. And it was uh, powder day, but they had to go back for practice. So, you know, after they left, it really started snowing. And I sent them a picture and they're like, oh, man, wish we could be there. And I was like, you know what? I wish I could yeah. still be coaching I <laughs> wish I could be with you guys you sure, know sure backing in and Adam's like um no rules on how many coaches we can have yeah we don't know much about facing off come on come down. join us yeah yeah so and that I met you that night
0: yeah you yeah. know I, I remember coming to practice and and you know uh, occasionally you, uh, you're at practice and you see you know they'll be just not random but they'll be different people there mm-hmm. you know uh, like Coach Gittleman's brought in his brother to a couple of practices. Take, yeah. uh, there's been local coaches who are who will come and watch. And so you know, I I figured that was going to be the case with you. You were going to be there just for yeah two or three days. But then uh, you know, all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, here's Tim's new email address." And yeah. you know, and and I was like, "Oh well, this is more official." Well, that was that was <laughs> the plan. You know, I
1: was just going to help. You know, face and off, sure. come a few days, and I think it's coaches' enthusiasm that just absolutely like wow. Yeah. this is the program that i always wanted to play for and what he's doing you know yeah lacrosse is great but these life bonds and everything he believes in his pillars right he's living it right, right. and he's creating this whole community that lives it and just like when i joined virginia like i want to be around some great people you know you see you know coach get going of a hike with him is amazing you know watching how coach marcus holman shout out for his uh Ten goal performance. Eleven goals. Eleven well two assists. Two assists. <laughs> Big time. Big time. But just how he prepares and how he lives his life. I mean, it is like, yeah, you can see him on the field and how great he is, but I mean it's regimented. And he's getting up early, he's eating the right thing. He's always reading something new. And uh Coach Manning, same way. So yeah. these guys are uh, they're dialed in and it's hopefully a little of that will rub off on me. <laughs>
0: Uh, uh, I've got I have one example of of that point. Uh, we were at uh, Tucci's the other night with the Lacrosse Network guys, mm-hmm. and it came time for dessert, and we know Marcus has a sweet tooth. Well, like his cannolis right there. Oh yeah, <laughs> but he resisted. Yeah, I tried to get him to to order a few, but he didn't want to. He you because you'd had one. Uh, at least. Yeah, <laughs> um, but he said, you know, the season's coming up. I can't. And that's so what he said. That's the okay. point. That's yeah, your point, though. case it's in
1: a, point right there. Yeah, the cannoli man just. Passing. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah,
0: 11 goals yesterday, two assists. Uh, I will also note that uh, right after, almost instantly after the game ended, uh, Will sent out a group me mm-hmm. to the team saying, Hey, you know, look, guys, this is why Marcus scored 11 goals because he's committed, you right. know, and he's passionate about it and he practices what he preaches. And that's coming from you know obviously they're friends but will was will was on the other side oh of the election, yeah so coach you know, May's so. a competitor i mean yeah. he's
1: not happy in the moment but afterwards sure. he's gonna be happy for his best friend absolutely right and yeah, uh, yeah.
0: and I, that, I love that you know and will had four goals yesterday which isn't shabby either so. four goals <laughs> i'd take that in an mll <laughs> game shoot absolutely. Yeah. uh so a
1: couple quick things about your your background did you play other sports in high school yeah everything i could okay. uh Soccer and basketball until I broke my hand. I uh, could no longer play basketball, but, uh, you know, lifting, skiing, just always staying active, trying to do anything that I could compete at. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: and then did you always want to be a lacrosse player? Did you always know that was kind of going to be your path?
1: My, my uncle played. They were really big in it, gave me my first stick, so I always, you know, okay. idolized them, Want to play lacrosse. You know, I was okay at offense, okay at defense, sure. but... I wanted to play. I wanted to be a part of a team, right? Yeah. So I didn't want to stop after high school. I wanted to find a place where I could, could add value. Sure. Um, didn't know I was going to be this good at facing off where I'd have a chance to go to Loyola yeah. uh, and help a program like that. So that was, yeah, nothing I ever expected. Absolutely. Uh,
0: what would you consider your, your greatest lacrosse accomplishment so far?
1: Greatest lacrosse? Winning the RMLC? There you go. Uh, I'll take it. Could be it. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's so fun, like, just seeing our guys now, uh, just you know, all their hard work paying off. So I'm really loving that. Me personally, greatest accomplishment. I had a great moment. Okay. Uh, yeah. Works for me. So it was uh, D3 at Geneseo State, and we were playing uh, St. Lawrence. And uh, they had the uh, number 2 faceoff guy percentage wise of the country okay. so all my teammates were you know kind of putting pressure sure. on me all week being like let's go let's see what you got and uh i was amped up uh as you know i sometimes yeah. get over excited oh, yeah. um <laughs> got to cool down but uh yeah so first face off took it forward fast break and i don't get many goals but uh stuck it with a bounce shot because i don't i don't have that high heat uh-huh. or, uh, so I yeah. stay away from that I'm trying to get my face off guys sure. to yeah do that as well hang well, on small Greater greater percentage of going in, if you Ex- it. exactly. Yeah, so and got real close, got jacked up, but didn't celebrate with the team. Just everyone, and I definitely want to be a team guy, but I was just focused on just sprinted back to the faceoff x <laughs> like a weirdo, and I just sprinted there and I just got back down in my stance. It's like, come on, let's yeah. go again. And yeah. Uh, yeah, grabbed it, won the next faceoff. They had to call a timeout, and uh, the route was on. So I love it. Great moment. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Uh, what uh, was
0: it? What was it like uh, coaching with with Coach Starza? Obviously, a legend of the game. You know, knows a ton about the sport. Everyone looks out to him. What are some things that maybe you gleaned from him, or, or yeah. moments that you had uh, under him?
1: Yeah, like like Coach Holman, uh, Coach Starza. They're wonderful people first. Mm-hmm. Um, just they care, right? And uh, it's it's just so evident in the relationships with their players and. It's awesome. So Coach Starja, I mean, so knowledgeable lacrosse. I was, you know, blown away just to have that opportunity to just sit and listen to him talk to recruits and talk of Coach Van Arsdale about strategy. I'm just a fly on the wall at first trying to figure it out and uh, throw some ideas out there now and then. But uh, what really, really um, inspired me about Coach Starja was just his ability to listen. Uh, I, I remember coming in some days, and I'll have, like, a wild idea and he's a legend right so you're bringing a wild idea and sure. i'll come in with just all this enthusiasm and he's just looking at me and just kind of sitting back and then i'll start keep talking like oh we don't have to do that you know <laughs> but, but then he sits there listens and okay and then later in the day he'll just come over to your desk and be like well i was thinking about that and this is why we should do it or why we shouldn't do it and just the amount of thought That he puts into before he does anything, like he's really, he's really uh, thinking. And after each game, I know he wouldn't talk, address the team afterwards. Uh, He'd wait to the next day where he could really watch the game, digest it, and I really, you know, took that into my life where. When I can, you know, sometimes I get sure. overexcited still, sure. but the more you can kind of wait and let people talk and listen to other people who are really wise, um, has been really just helpful, yeah, just becoming a better person. And obviously, he knows lacrosse, and I don't need to get into how <coughs> amazing sure. a coach he is. Yeah. Uh, one last thing, just yeah, his uh, pregame talks, um, just beautiful moments, just looking up. He was amazing at those, and uh, Coach Holman, he's got it too. They both uh, yeah. can certainly motivate the guys. But yeah, Coach Staja, uh, he, he was he was a motivator, sure. Yeah.
0: Um, talk talk maybe about uh, lacrosse in the West. You know, you mentioned when you you came out to Utah. You know, you weren't um, paying attention necessarily to the lacrosse scene, or, or you know, hadn't really gotten into it yet. Mm-hmm. But maybe growing up, you know, what did you think about lacrosse in the West? And then after being here for a few years, you know. What are, what are your thoughts on it now?
1: Yeah. I mean, growing up, I didn't think much about it. It would yeah. it'd be cool to play at UCLA some days, you sure. know, those, yeah. those, uh, but other than that, I didn't really give it much thought. I uh, knew Denver had a team at one point, but it was always like, okay, what, what, wh- it would be cool. Yeah. And uh, since moving here, I've just been so impressed with the lacrosse community, how much people care, um, these kids are just practicing. Like, I'm just driving around, and I see just sure. everyone's playing. Everyone's got a stick in their hand. Uh, it, it's awesome. And the kids on our team are very, very good. I mean, they they know the game. Um, great athletes. I, I did expect you to come to Utah. You'd have some big, strong kids. Um, definitely sure. saw that. But uh, it's coming, and they're eager to learn. I think that's it. They're open-eared really hanging on your every every, every uh, comment, which you don't always get back east. You get some know-it-alls and sometimes get those, you know, seventh graders, eighth graders, and just feel like you're babysitting. But out here, it seems like these kids really want to get better. They're passionate. They're excited for uh, where the game's going out here. Yeah.
0: What, uh, what would you see as like a, a path for growth or maybe like an expectation for growth in the West in, in terms of college teams or just, you know, yeah. cross
1: growth in general? I mean, I'm focused on Salt Lake. Sure. I, I think, I mean, our community has been tremendous. Uh, David, Bob, uh, Charlie, these guys have paved the way and they see the big picture of what lacrosse can do for the community, really bringing it together. So I just want to be a part of that. Um, having Adam, Marcus, and Will, these guys are just great ambassadors for the game. So getting those guys. You know, helping the local guys. And I just kind of want to be in the background, just helping those guys, you know, just amazing people and helping them get out in the community. And Salt Lake, you can going to see what we have here. It's going to grow. And I've been out in California and Chris Rotelli's got it going on up in a bunch of guys, California, Southern California. Kids are certainly playing. Um, I think at the college scene, these programs are going to see what a great sport this is, how it's an opportunity for kids. You don't have to be. Born, you know, big a great athlete. You can spend those hours on the wall and have an opportunity to play big Division One lacrosse. So it's a great sport for uh, any college to pick up.
0: Absolutely, you know, and I think uh, I personally think a lot of a lot of schools are kind of doing like a a wait and see, yeah, see what happens to us, you know, next year, the year after, that kind of thing. See if we can uh, continue to to be financially sound and and all that stuff. So I think once we prove that, because I'm you know I'm confident we will, but I think we'll start to see a lot of other yeah. schools seriously look into it, both big schools and, and little schools. I think there's a ton of of colleges in Southern California that would be perfect lacrosse schools. I, you know, we talk about MCLA schools. Chapman would be a great one. Yeah, like UC Santa Barbara. Let's go Chapman, come on, pull the trigger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, it'd be great for us to have yeah, those games absolutely. close by. Up. A question for you: What would you like to see in Salt Lake? MLL team or NLL team? <laughs> if we could only have one, sure. I know you want both.
0: So, uh, talk, talking to Coach uh, Holman you know yeah. a- about the MLL and NLL. I think that uh, I think that it would be interesting to have an NLL team here because yeah. I think we could attract a lot of non people who aren't lacrosse fans. Now, mm-hmm. I think an NLL team could attract them. Yeah, um, you know we have the Jazz here, and, and obviously a lot of people love the Jazz, but there's still a lot of people who don't. To be honest with you, you know there still yeah. are a lot of people that don't follow the Jazz, and um, and so I think having an NLL team during the winter could really help uh, with with those, you know, kind of – we could feed those people, essentially. Oh, yeah. Um, but an MLL team is, would be probably what I would choose because I'm more familiar with it, mm-hmm. more familiar
1: with the outdoor, outdoor game. game so. yeah. Have you seen an NLL game live? No, I haven't. A lot of energy. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's – So, it so there, was, uh,
0: there was a scrimmage here in Salt Lake, I think, in 2006 or 2007 okay. between the Arizona LLL team that obviously doesn't exist mm. and the Mammoth. And so – uh, I didn't go to it though. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I so I'd, I'd probably choose MLL, MLL. Although I think I think an NLL team would do better here. Yeah, if that makes sense. So. No,
1: that's very insightful. Yeah, very well thought out. Yeah,
0: thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk a, a minute about uh, you know we mentioned it in the in the intro, but you work for a company called the Roy Profile. Yeah, and they have something called Tap.
1: Yeah, so it's the Trout Wine Athletic Profile. So they're the changing the name to Athlete Types. Just think it's more okay. catchy. Yeah, but. uh I love it. So when I, uh, yeah, I didn't talk about this, but when I left coaching in Virginia, I had worked a camp with a guy who does the NFL combine for the laser timer equipment to see okay. how fast people yeah. are. And I was just in an entrepreneurial mode and just like, okay, what would be a cool product would be take this still lacrosse, right? Let's see who the fastest guys are so you can compare a kid in Utah versus a kid in upstate New York versus a kid in Baltimore. Sure. Without um, having to
0: see him personally.
1: Without having to see him personally. Yeah. And, you know, D1, the big schools can, can make that happen, but Geneseo can't. Sure. Right. And, uh, they got a good program and they love to get some of these California kids might want to come to New York. Sure. Uh, maybe not in the winter, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so that was the idea. So I met this guy and I put this event together and a lot of people were very supportive of me. And, uh, so physical testing, I wanted to have the mental components. So this guy, through them, introduced the guys who do the NFL combine personality testing. Uh, so they do it, and it helps coaches in two ways. Uh, one with the guys you currently have on the team, like how do you optimize our talent? Um, we all have different personalities, and sure. you, you got to talk to everyone a little bit differently uh, to get them to do the work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All this sports psychology, reading right. books, it's all good, but – All we want to do is get kids to do what they know they already have to do, right? Sure. Um, So I loved it. Uh, The other aspect of it is it helps, like, Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots find the players that fit their system. So there's no right or wrong personality, but uh, there's certainly a personality that he's looking for, which is probably different than the coach of the Packers is looking for. Absolutely. But his draft, he can be like – you know, you're a Belichick guy, you're not, or you might be, and it just really helps him uh, pick the guys who are Belichick guys.
0: Absolutely. So th- so the test goes through and asks the, you know, several, several dozen questions?
1: Yeah. Would you want to be a firefighter or climb the Himalayas? You know, like there's no right or wrong answers right. to them, but uh, you, you get a, a personality type is kind of the fun part yeah. about it. So there's no wrong type. You can be a rocket like Tom Brady and Brendan Fowler. You could be a maverick like uh, – um, Jameis Winston or sure. Marcus Holman, you know, so uh, we've gotten a lot of. So when I first found out about it, uh, I was coaching at Virginia and uh, got a lot of alumni to uh, take it. And um, a lot of my friends who were playing at the MLL and one was Brendan Fowler took it. And he's like, oh, my God, like, this is me in a nutshell. Sure. I took it, you know, something like, uh, I don't know if this is it about me, like something yeah. that was you know not ideal, but like his mom was like, yeah, 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 it is.
0: <laughs> so, but,
1: uh, it was good. He's the first guy I went to cause we could not beat him at facing off. Like we'd do okay against him for the first three quarters. Then sure. fourth quarter came like game on, like he had some mental edge that we just, we, we could, we didn't have. And, uh, a team like Virginia, if you can measure, like Brendan Fowler, our Virginia guy at the time, they're both 80% face off guys you know, physical freaks, who's better? And uh, this uh, assessment could give us an idea that would, who would work better for our coaching staff. So I was enthused about it. I thought it'd be cool for camps to see, you know, you come to Virginia camp, see which personality you're most like. And uh, yeah, just really passionate about it. Um, Really thinking to help a lot of teams uh, improve. So I I just went all in. So it's been fun. Yeah. I, I, A know, uh, okay. I know. That's I, okay.
0: I know our team has has taken it, and they've really gotten behind the concept. And uh, have you seen results uh, just just in the short time that our team's been taking it?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we've just scratched the surface mm-hmm. uh, of how we're using it, and uh, yeah, it's it's been great for our guys. Um, so most of them, I could pick what athlete type they would be sure. before they took it. Um, but it gives us, you know, great coaching insights, and you know, coach. He's never going to change the way he, and we would never want him to change the way he addresses these players. Because again, all we want to do is get them to do the work. Right. But after that initial conversation, it's easy to hey, as your personality, you might want to try this, or you might think about after a mistake, you know, don't be so hard on yourself because it's in your personality to do so. Mm -hmm. So it's good just having that objective data out there, where you know I'm not saying you're not competitive, but this test that's test navy seals nfl and mlb players the data says that the way you answer this question say you might not care about competing or something you know you might not have that desire so let's talk about it and at the at the end of the day it just leads to good conversations right and developing those authentic relationships that's what you tell across is all about i love it it's awesome is awesome, right? <laughs> couple you, <laughs> uh, couple
0: other questions for you. Uh we uh we typically ask this to, to all our guests what's uh what is your
1: favorite pillar and why? Trust. And you know trust is so great because one, yeah, trusting your coaching staff, trusting your teammates to make plays, you know, throw that extra pass. You know, being a team guy, you you gotta trust the system. And you came to Utah for a reason and we're going to help you become a man, and you got to trust it, right? Don't don't fight us, and yeah, you're going to want to fight us sometimes, sure. but you know, just trust. And then trust yourself to do the right thing, and and that's a big part of trust is like looking inward, trusting your intuition. We all know, you know, what we love in this world it's it's integrity, right? It's doing sure. the right thing. If you got two choices, you choose the harder one right. every time, and. You got to trust yourself, you know, take a deep breath, meditate, do whatever you have to do with a clear head and trust that you already have that knowledge inside you to be the person you want to be.
0: I love it. You know, I think uh, I think this team does does show a lot of trust. You you see teams where there's sort of a talent gap and, uh, you know, those those top talent guys don't trust the the younger guys right. right or or the less talented but i think on this team you know i i would argue our gaps pretty small in talent but um, you know everyone trusts each other no matter who's on the field you don't see a, you don't see a player look up and see a guy and say oh, i'm i'm not going to pass him yeah. and they they pass it to him every time cuz they trust them. they trust
1: them, and that i mean starts at the top you know with sure. the coaches but i mean our our Senior leadership, not senior leadership, but our captains. And, (laughs) I mean, yeah, we don't have any seniors. But, you know, (laughs) Gus, uh, Aaron, (laughs) Seth, I mean, those are the captains in name, and they've been awesome. Like, I've never seen better captains that have got everyone else playing. But, you know, they're preaching to the other guys, you guys got to act like a captain too. Like, take ownership of it. Sure. You know, lead from any seat you're in. See yourself as that leader. And most our guys have really – I don't want to say bought in cuz coach hates saying that yeah. but uh <laughs> they uh <laughs> I just say it too much. I don't know why. I just I think it, I've always said it. It rolls off the tongue really they're easily. So. Too easily, right? <laughs> yeah, and right. but uh yeah, it starts with those guys, but all our guys I think are leading their own lives, right? They know that they're not just going to go through the through, through the steps. It's going to be it's going to take work, right? Sure. And they're going to do the work and they're going to lead and other people are going to see them doing the right things. And it just cascades.
0: Yeah, I love it. That's a good one. Um, ready for the not so rapid fire
1: questions? Uh, real quick, what, what's your favorite pillar?
0: Um, I, I'm is a big fan of honesty. Honesty. Yeah. Uh, I I think that that to me is um, kind of the basis for a lot of different things. Uh huh. And so I think uh, I think trust comes from honesty. Yeah. So if if you and I are honest with each other, I think that will build trust. Yeah. Uh, and and so that that's where it starts with me is honesty. Love it. So.
1: I I think yeah like all these all the pillars kind of they all mix, with each, they other. All mix with each other and i mean absolutely. it is wh- who coach holman is right, right. i mean this, these are his pillars and yeah it's all that one concept of being your best self moment to moment yeah absolutely
0: yeah uh what's uh what's the favorite field you've ever played or coached on
1: clockner okay uva <laughs> hands down uh yeah i've been a lot of fields now but uh on a sunny day in April, I mean, it feels like the 4th of July, you got the fire; <laughs> there were fireworks, you got sundresses, you got the baseball field right there too, yep. and just, they'll be cheering, the lacrosse will be cheering, it's just, it's just amazing experience for those kids, but uh, I think we've got something going on here at Utah as well, and um, I love that soccer field, that view mm. is just incredible, right, and that yep. BYU atmosphere was was awesome and it certainly rivaled that uh, clock near sure experience as well
0: coach holman said that our our current field is one of his favorites that he's ever said yeah so yeah it's pretty cool uh he's, he's seen a lot of fields <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah uh what who would you consider the the best face-off guy that that is you've either faced or that you, you know is around
1: best face-off guy that i've faced or is around i mean i obviously i mean you got to give the current guys their props uh you know, Greg, Brendan, sure. Jerry, um, who am I missing? I want to say them all. You know? uh, who's uh, the Boston faceoff guy? I think he's really good. Anyways, I, I don't, know. don't mean to miss him. <laughs> don't mean to miss anyone. Yeah, Tommy Kelly. Sure. Just shouting out everyone. I mean, to get to that point, you got to have quick hands. you got to be a student of the game. Uh, you got to all love to compete. So those guys are all doing it um, throughout the years. Uh, Chris Searcy from Syracuse. uh, he was one of the great ones. Um, there's been so many through the years that you kind of forget about, sure. but these guys could just take over games and it was more the energy they brought to it than just winning the ball. But it was just a feeling that, uh-oh, like we're depleted, game over once they start rolling.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. What uh, What are your summer plans?
1: Summer plans, uh, figuring out this uh, D1 <laughs> transition. Um <laughs> yeah I think uh, that's a lot of people summer <laughs> <plans>. <laughs> let's see where it goes i tried to keep the summer uh open um again just in case coach holman you know i just want to be there for him to support but uh trying to get back east uh after we win our mcla championship and uh yeah get back to upstate new york got a brother in dc and charleston so uh yeah trying to get out there and yep. um see family and friends and uh yeah. Get a little dose of the East Coast before uh, <laughs> coming back. Maybe some travel, seeing okay. some parks.
0: There you go. Uh, what books or uh,
1: podcasts are you into? Yeah, so uh, a lot of books. Um, I There's a podcast, or it's more of a series that I subscribe to. It's Brian Johnson okay. uh, called Optimize. Okay. Uh, and he just book hacks. So he's read a 1,000 of the best books, any kind of motivation, sports, one business, one, and breaks it down to – 10 big ideas and that he does a one big idea every day. So I subscribe every morning. I start my morning listening to his big idea for the day. That big idea is based on a bigger book like meditations from Marcus Aurelius or I love all that stoic stuff. Ego is the enemy. Obstacle is the way the daily stoic. So all that stuff I I try to read daily. Um, Another one he recommends and I think he's the most, you know, one day big ideas is called uh, the tools by Barry Michaels and Phil Stutz. And uh, it's really good. It's not exactly a sports book, but it really systemizes it and gives you an action plan. So when you're feeling discouraged, here's your mental imagery, right? If you feel sure. less than before giving a speech, think about this sure. and uh, putting that into action and really identifying when you're not at your best. Uh, he does a really good job at just simplifying it. and. Uh, Making something I can digest. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I need help. Right? <laughs> yeah.
0: What uh, if you could change one thing about uh, the face-off? What uh, what would it be? Oh man.
1: Um, so, hopefully, my face-off brotherhood won't get mad at me. But I, I don't like. I want to see Utah's best athlete versus BYU's best athlete, and let's just go. Right? Sure. Let's have a rumble. So, okay. not advocating fighting. But uh, I don't – do you remember the UFC uh, – not UFC, the uh, – what was the wrestling football league? XFL? XFL. Is that what it was? And they only did this for like one week, but they put the ball right in the middle, and they just had the guys just run at each other as hard as they can. <laughs> and uh, not advocating for that either because it yeah. does not seem safe, and they got rid of yeah. it for a reason. But, uh, you know, I don't I don't need the, the tech, technical, technical part of the game, and I don't think sure. the fans – care much about that. It's just seeing your two best athletes compete. So throw the ball up. And it's a 50-50 ground ball. 50-50 ground ball. Okay. I think you'll still see the Greg Renlians, these, you know, beasts, animals. You put them out there because they're going to get a ground ball. Um, and I'd love to see that. So I've certainly liked uh, how the face-off games changed. I know back when I was playing, it was frustrating because the refs wouldn't change their cadences. Sure. So kids are just going early. And I mean, there's nothing you can do except right. so you're allowing the other team to cheat, and then they both cheat, and they're both going yeah. early, and the best guy didn't win. Uh, so we've done a really good job uh, holding the whistle, stepping back, putting the ball down. Uh, that's been great. Um, you know, I don't really mind all these, like, leaning on the stick afterwards, the yeah. ticky-tacky stuff. Like, yeah. I'm okay with all that. Like, who who cares? Let the best athletes fight it out. Man, Just blow the whistle, let the boys play, as long as they go at the same time. Sure. So.
0: Okay. I like it. (laughs) Let's go, man. Yeah. I just want to see
1: best athletes going at each other.
0: Okay, last question. What uh, what is your favorite part about Utah?
1: I mean, I do love the people. Like, this community here has been awesome, right? Just going in every day and seeing Will, Marcus, Coach, Adam, you. um, Rick Gladys has been great to me. Uh, Megan, Parker, I mean – we got to talk about. Has Parker been on yet? Not yet. Get that yay, yeah, yay yeah man on there. Yeah. <laughs> future future episode for sure. Yeah. He gets our voice fired up. <laughs> and him and. Anyways, I don't want to talk about Parker, but I do because he's awesome. Um, yeah. So I almost say the people, but just the nature here. It's, I mean, if you haven't been out here to Utah, y- you got to come. It's just, I just drive, just listen to podcasts, you know, going for a hike. Um just that alone time, just yesterday, we uh, drove through Park City, Heber, down to Sundance Resort, uh-huh. uh, Coach Gittleman and I and some friends, and unreal. Yeah. It just blows you away, and there's hundreds of drives just like that, just right at yeah. our disposal.
0: Yeah, you could do that 40 more times and go on different trails and yeah. find new things. So yeah. that's the beauty of, of having the,
1: the nature so close to us. Yeah. Have you ever driven out? the other way i heard there's like wild horses like into the desert like uh-huh. by the airport yeah yeah so you
0: can go west uh you know that's gonna lead you to northern nevada obviously uh-huh. and then so like that's the way you're gonna go if you go to like lake tahoe or yeah. san francisco so yeah i've driven out that way i haven't seen the wild horses okay
1: it's so my uber driver was telling me that's his favorite <laughs> thing i'm like there's no way yeah you're gonna drive yeah. away from the mountains here but
0: no yeah there's probably there i can see wild horses out i'm there. ready that to would, hunt some horses that that's, would make sense that's my next adventure so yeah, my my uh, <laughs> sister and and brother in law they did so you can go around the backside of the Great Salt Lake oh. and go up into like Idaho. Yeah, and they did that one one uh, weekend. They just said it was wild because cause you're literally in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, you know, and it just so th- so there's all types of adventure here. You know, you can oh have, yeah, that's the that's kind of the cool part about Salt Lake is to the west it's pretty barren. You know, no man's land, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but then you go east and it's all the mountain stuff. So yeah,
1: what about Lake Powell? I I've never
0: been to Lake Powell, so let's go i, I don't know <laughs> let's get a boat let's we'll just do it i know
1: i know adam marcus and we'll be down yeah
0: it, i kind of i kind of have feel that it's one of those um like moments of pride like oh i'm from utah I've never been to lake powell you know what i mean yeah kind of like I, yeah i don't know yeah well, we're gonna <laughs> so, do it okay we're
1: in you're in all right coming in, with
0: any uh <laughs> anything you want to anything you want to add before we shut it down
1: you really i mean just thank you for all you've done uh this podcast is great uh You know, thank the guys on the team, thank coaches. It's The whole community has been awesome. And, uh, yeah, look forward to this uh, week coming up and uh, one game at a time.
0: Should be a good one. Again, uh, you know, we uh, we got the number two
1: seed. We're playing number 15 seed,
0: Texas A&M, next Monday, May 7th at 4.30 p.m. at the Salt Lake Regional Athletic Complex, which is just off of the 215 Mm. belt loop kind of out there by the airport. So a great location if you haven't been out there. Uh should, should be a fun event. Uh, you can also you follow all the action on our social media at Utah Lacrosse on Twitter and Instagram, and then uh, you can search Utah Lacrosse on Facebook as well. Tim, you, uh, you're a social media guy. What, I know you have an I'm Instagram.
1: Not, I do have an Instagram, but I haven't posted anything in a while. <laughs> so uh, just, uh, yeah, say something to Coach Gitt, Marcus or Will, and uh, they'll pass it on to me. But I try to stay off the socials when I can. There you go. All Got right.
0: <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks for coming on, Tim. We appreciate it, and we'll uh, – Talk to you next time.
1: Awesome, thanks, Tim. Yep. Appreciate
0: thanks. it. Four ten left. Q with the pickoff. Colorado getting a little sloppy on that offensive possession. Like I said, dude, you know that's not a call out of play. No. Q's gonna heave it towards the goal,
1: and it goes goal! <laughs> a goalie goal, a goalie goal in Salt Lake City, Utah. A goalie goal. (laughs) I don't care who you cheer for. That was amazing. A 110-yard goal. Oh, my goodness. Quentin
0: Swinney. Faith Lutheran, Nevada. Oh, my gosh.